feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. And this is a big primary night in America. You are listening to the Rita Cosby Show. We have an action-packed show, by the way. Today we're going to be talking about the January 6th hearing. We're also going to be talking about that terrible story of the migrants. But the big news now is we are waiting as the polls have closed in New York Who will be running for New York governor? Who will win the GOP primary and who will win the Democratic primary? First off, on the GOP side, Lee Zeldin is waiting to see, of course, the congressman, what happens. Here he is just a little bit ago. We are polling well as long as all of our Republicans show up on primary day. It's a a day that falls in between school letting out and high school graduations and then July 4th weekend on the other side. Some people travel. Uh, So we're just working hard to make sure everyone knows what day primary is, make sure our vote shows up, and we're feeling really good about tomorrow. We're going to win. We're going to win big. And the best way to win in November is to crush this primary. We're well on our way to be able to get that done as long as all of our supporters show up on primary day. And... Andrew Giuliani, the son of Rudy Giuliani, is also running. And one of the issues was vaccine mandates. Take a listen to what he said on the campaign trail. I stand with all those New Yorkers who have lost their job, all those firefighters, all those police officers, all of the nurses, uh, all the sanitation workers that have lost their job. And I have pledged on day one, any of these COVID mandates that exist will be shredded and anybody who lost their job will get their job back with back pay. And for the very latest results, let's go to our newsman from our home station, WABC, the great Bob Ram. Bob, you've got the latest. Go ahead. Well, the governor's race here in New York is the big one. The polls are closed in New York. They've been closed for over an hour now for the gubernatorial primary. Took about only 25 minutes to declare Kathy Hochul the winner in the Democratic gubernatorial primary, Anthony Delgado the projected winner of the lieutenant governor's race. Now, on the Republican side, Andrew Giuliani, the son of, uh, the son of former Mayor Rudy Giuliani, had the early lead over party favorite Lee Zeldin, and actually in all five boroughs of New York, he jumped out to a great lead. But now Zeldin has surged ahead of Giuliani, and right now we're hitting voter turnout right here in the New York tri-state area is very low. Very interesting because yeah. a lot of times primaries are low, but it's been a heated contest, right. Bob. And this low is a and biggie. Heated. It is a biggie. It is a biggie. Kathy Hochul, uh, that was going to be a, a slam dunk pretty much. Everyone pretty pretty much knew that was going to happen. Republican side, again, the party favorite, Lee Zeldin, and it still may turn out to play out that way. But uh, Andrew Giuliani, the former White House aide. Um, he's, uh, you know, he's making a, he's, he's putting, he's putting out his, uh, he's putting out his brand out there. He's going to, he wants to get our, rid of our local prosecutor, newly elected Alvin Bragg. He wants to fire him. As a matter of fact, he actually told me this in the station just a few days ago. He wants to give back jobs to workers who lost their jobs, to COVID vaccine. He wants to get them rehired. So, uh, he's going to be, if he's elected, 
He's he has plans for his first 100 days. That that's for sure. Wow, just think about how different New York will be mm-hmm. uh, if a Republican wins again. It's been a while since there's been a Republican governor yeah. in New York, and yeah. uh, we'll see what happens. Bob Brown, come back as soon as the news breaks. We love you and we appreciate you. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. All right, great stuff there from our Bob Brown. Of course, everyone waiting to see what happens in the New York gubernatorial race. And as Bob was just saying. It is kind of neck and neck. Lee Zeldin's pulled ahead. But the question is, who will run against Democrat Kathy Hochul? Because she won handily, as you just heard. And everybody wondering right now, who will win tonight? And I want to hear your thoughts on that because it is a big, big night. And, of course, everybody is wondering what is happening We're waiting, of course, for Long Island numbers to come in. Most of the numbers are coming in right now from Long Island, and that is helping Lee Zeldin terrifically. Uh, He was behind, at least at first. Uh, Then it kind of came close. Uh, But the latest numbers are showing that Lee is definitely ahead. The current congressman, of course, from New York, based in Long Island. And many are seeing that he indeed probably will win tonight. And again, as soon as we get the official results, we will bring them to you here live on the Rita Cosby Show. And now we go to January 6th as we are waiting to see what's going to happen. Boy, what a day it was on Capitol Hill. And there were tons of fireworks, everybody. Take a listen. Here is Trump aide, former Trump aide. She worked. She was the assistant for Mark Meadows, the chief of staff of then President Trump, Cassidy Hutchinson. And this is how she described President Trump. This is gearing up towards the day of the rally. She says that he got information that some of the protesters would be armed. And she says that he didn't care. But when we were in the offstage announced tent, I was part of a conversation. I was in the I was in the vicinity of a conversation where I overheard the president say something to the effect of, you know, I, I don't effing care that they have weapons. They're not here to hurt me. Take the effing mags away. Let my people in. They can march to the Capitol from here. Let the people in. Take the effing mags away. Wow. And she says that he was angry. That he said, listen, the reason we don't care about magnetometers and things like that is even if people are armed, that these are my people, they're not going to do anything to me. Let my people in was one of the comments she said. And then she went much further and she described what was an altercation, really a wrestling for the steering wheel between President Trump and the limo driver and the head of his security because he wanted to go to the Capitol on January 6th. And she said the president wouldn't take no for an answer and was literally fighting and lunging at the driver. And the Secret Service had to say, no, we're not going to take you to the Capitol. We're going to take you to the West Wing of the White House. Listen to what she says happened. And again, she wasn't there. She was recounting, she says, what an aide told her. But there's a catch, and I'm going to tell you in a moment, but I first want you to hear what she said today in a very explosive surprise hearing on Capitol Hill. The president reached up towards the front of the vehicle to grab at the steering wheel. Mr. Engel grabbed his arm, said, sir, you need to take your hand off the steering wheel. We're going back to the West Wing. We're not going to the Capitol. 
Mr. Trump then used his free hand to lunge towards Bobby Angle. And Mr. when Mr. Renato had recounted this story to me, he had motioned towards his clavicles. Motion towards his clavicles so that then the president was basically trying to lunge at his limo driver. Do you believe any of this? 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-9222. And you are listening to The Rita Cosby Show. She also recounted what she said was a very angry President Trump when he found out that Bill Barr said that he could not find any overwhelming evidence of election fraud. She said the president went crazy, and she said one time she walked into the White House and saw what was a very tense moment, and she said it was basically a broken plate. There was ketchup all over the place, and clearly the president had broken the plate finding out that his then Attorney General, Bob Barr, was not supporting his allegations of election fraud. Listen to what she said today. I first noticed there was ketchup dripping down the wall, and there's a shattered porcelain plate on the floor. The valet had articulated that the president was extremely angry at the Attorney General's AP interview and had thrown his lunch against the wall. Couple things. I've covered politics a long time, guys. And I can tell you, I remember when I was at the White House and they said that Hillary Clinton threw a few lamps and were throwing them at Secret Service agents because she was so upset at a couple things. And I also remember when Bob Dole threw a couple lamps and did a couple other things too. So I know... That maybe he did. Maybe he was frustrated and broke something. But that's not the first person in the White House who's ever broken something and been upset with something. And now, here is what NBC News said. This, to me, is stunning. After this entire report airs and everybody said, oh, explosive testimony, damning testimony. Uh, This is going to be it. Trump is going to be thrown in jail after this testimony from this woman today who is Mark Meadows' assistant. President Trump came out and said, I hardly know the woman. He said, it's phony. He said, she tried to get a job from me after I left the White House, and she's upset that she didn't get the job from me, that that's what this is all about. And then NBC News, after their report tonight, get this, Peter Alexander, who I've known a long time, great reporter for the White House, also Today Show host on the weekend. Peter came out and said, after his report tonight on NBC News, late tonight, sources have told him that both the limo driver and the head of security are prepared to testify and say it never happened with the steering wheel and the assault by Trump. This is not some conservative outlet. This is NBC News debunking what this woman has to say, that the agents themselves, according to his sources, are going to say that didn't happen. And they break into programming to do this, to condemn President Trump? My goodness, this is why you need two sides to every story. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. And coming up, we are going to be talking to John Solomon to get his take on the January 6th hearings. Because, of course, this is a biggie. So we're talking about that. We're also talking, of course, at the New York gubernatorial primary because tonight is a big one. We're waiting right now. We know the polls have been closed a little over an hour, and we're waiting to find out. We know on the Democratic side, Kathy Hochul, of course, the current governor, 
is going to be the candidate on the Democratic side for the big election in November. But the question is, who's going to be on the GOP side? Right now, Lee Zeldin, the current congressman from Long Island, a Trump supporter, uh, someone who has been in Congress for some time, also a military guy. He is right now ahead. But Andrew Giuliani is not too far behind. Of course, the son of Rudy Giuliani. Who are you looking to win? Who do you think will pull it out tonight? And how big do you think this election will be? I think this is an enormous election because, by the way, both Lee Zeldin and also Andrew Giuliani have come out and said that they would fire Alvin Bragg, the Manhattan D.A., if they become governor. That's a big deal because that soft on crime D.A. in New York is very similar to the soft on crime D.A. that we've seen in Los Angeles and Philly. Of course, the one in San Fran just got recalled. But many blame lots of the judicial issues and the crime issues and the revolving door on the soft on crime D.A.s across the country. Soros funded like Alvin Bragg. So think about how different New York could look with candidates that are very much law and order and want to make sure that they have D.A.s who go after what the laws are in the books and not use discretion. Really powerful time. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Al on line three. Go ahead, Al. Your thoughts about all this tonight. Lots of stuff happening. Big news night here. Yeah, Rita, thank you for taking my call. I enjoy listening to your program. I just wanted to say uh, I'm almost certain that uh, Congressman Zeldin's lead will hold. Uh, It's always hard to beat the establishment choice. He was the party choice. And I think Andrew Giuliani went over the top a little bit coming out for his support for Donald Trump. Uh, I always believe you have to run on your own record and what your vision, what you're going to do as the perspective uh, candidate or elected official. But Zeldin, role. Al Zeldin also came out and supported President Trump. He's been a close Trump ally, too. Both of them have been. Yeah, he has. But I, I thought uh, that maybe Giuliani, if you saw some of his ads uh, or listened to him on WABC, I mean, all he talked about was uh, Donald Trump. And I like Donald Trump. I'm a supporter of his. So I just don't know if he went over the top with that. So I do think Zeldin's lead will hold, and I think he'll be the nominee, and I think it will be a good general election going towards November. It is going to be a really interesting race, whether it turns out to be Lee Zeldin or Andrew Giuliani. Again, it looks like Zeldin right now has a decent lead uh, and likely will pull it out, but you never know until the polls, all the results come in. And, of course, they are counting the votes now. Al, thank you very much. Let's go to Ed. Line two. Ed, your thoughts. You're here on the Rita Cosby Show. Hi, Rita, my Danish Polish cousin sister. Um, I love, by the way, Ed, I love that you recognize my heritage. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. I to say that and our fathers in the World War II on the or wherever your dad was and Absolutely. We're, we're proud of them. And past Father's Day. Um, Rick Adams, not support. He supported Rudy, Rudy Giuliani when he was in what city council, probably. And now who was it? They who was it? They downgraded to a misdemeanor when Rudy's over 65. He's a senior citizen. He's an ex mayor. 
Uh, he's a- and you're talking about the um, when he got smacked on the back because um, oh, we had, yeah. in fact, we had Rudy on the show uh, last night talking about it. And you're right; really? they they reduced the account, and then Eric Adams has come out and said that uh, basically doesn't believe Rudy. I mean, some of the the back and forth. It's been an interesting war of words. I heard his neck ratcheted back. This is bail reform. Eric Adams is supporting bail reform. Well, and you know what's interesting? I think Eric Adams, as things, and Ed, thank you for the call, but I feel like Eric Adams has really tried to thread the needle, uh, to your point, because on one hand, he says that he wants to get tough on criminals, that he's angry at the judicial system in New York, and yet on the other hand, he's done nothing. He doesn't obviously oversee Alvin Bragg, but he could certainly say, Alvin Bragg, you got to shape up. We got to clean up the city together. Help me. Um, and he doesn't seem to want to have any interference on Alvin Bragg. Granted, it's the governor's job, not his. And this governor right now so far has said she's going to, quote, give Alvin Bragg some slack. Give Alvin Bragg some slack. Whoever the GOP candidate is that's going to be running up against Kathy Hochul, they're going to be running that over and over and over again in an ad. That's really almost all you need to do. Here's what's happening in New York. Here's the repeat offenders. Here's this. Here's that. And here's what the current governor has to say. Do you want to keep somebody who says, let's give the guy some slack? Why should he deserve slack? Let's think about the victims and protect them and protect New York. Uh, Boy, is that a campaign ad waiting to happen when it gets to the general election. We're going to continue with your calls, everybody. 1-800-848-9222. It's the Rita Cosby Show. And it is life in the fast lane as we are waiting for results in an enormous primary in America tonight. The New York governor's primary, Kathy Hochul winning on the Democratic side, the current governor for the Democratic position. But we're waiting on the GOP side to see if current Congressman Lee Zeldin will be the candidate to go up against Hochul or will it potentially be Andrew Giuliani? There are other candidates But right now, those two uh, are the leading candidates, and the votes are basically being counted. The polls closed about an hour and a half ago, so we are waiting to see what is going to happen. And as soon as the results officially come in, we will bring them to you here on The Rita Cosby Show. Of course, that could be a dramatic change. Uh, New York has not had a GOP governor in quite some time, and this could be the charm. So let's see what happens, guys. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to, uh, let's go to Nokel uh, on line one. Go ahead, Nokel. Your thoughts about uh, the big uh, primary tonight. Yeah. Good evening, Rita. Thanks for taking the call. I want to talk about both topics, January 6th and the election. First about January 6th, if President Trump is not afraid of, you know, being convicted of anything, of any wrongdoing on January 6th, why is he freaking out about this, these hearings? He doesn't have to talk about it in 
and true social about it all the time. But the second thing about this election, I think for you Republicans, the best thing that could happen is that Lee Zelder wins because he's the most moderate. I think there would be too much hate here in New York from, you know, liberals. I, I don't really, for Giuliani, I don't hate Rudy Giuliani. I don't hate Andrew either. But I think most of my liberal friends are really upset with Rudy Giuliani, and they would give that out as well on Andrew, and he wouldn't have a chance in the general election, whereas Lee Zeldin may have a small, very tiny weenie, but small chance. And, and Nokel, I actually, I actually, and I'll just deal with the second one, because we're going to talk more about the other one later in the show. Um, but I actually disagree. I actually think that a Republican has a pretty good chance this year because crime is so bad. The economy is so bad. I mean, there's a story just a few hours ago of how many people have been leaving New York um, because of uh, taxes, uh, the deterioration, the amount of homeless and drugs. Uh, I mean, there are so many issues right now uh, and a soft on crime DA. And we've got a governor who's going to, quote, give them slack. Um, I actually think this could be an opportunity. Look, we saw it in a number of places in New York. You saw it in Nassau County. Uh, a number of places in Long Island actually had GOP candidates who pulled it out with law and order. People just want to be safe. And so this could be a GOP candidate's year. We're going to continue and talk to John Solomon about January 6th. Rita Cosby is on. Back the blue. And in tonight's Back the Blue, a very powerful story coming from Nassau County, New York, where a Long Island man was ordering his favorite Italian food. He lost consciousness in a local restaurant, and Nassau County police raced to his rescue. John Balistieri and his wife, Barbara, were in their favorite Franklin Square restaurant. He ordered lasagna, a side order of sausage, slumped over in his chair and collapsed as he ordered food. Now, two patrons, a nurse and a local firefighter, began CPR when they heard no pulse. She thought she lost her husband. First to arrive were two different officers. He was on the floor. He wasn't breathing. So they were able to use a defibrillator and bring him back. Now, incidentally, the patron turned out to be a father, grandfather, and a former NYPD officer who now teaches at John Jay College. Those who saved his life were honored this week during a top ceremony that was beautiful. And how wonderful to see that two officers saved his life. And now we're going to go to some breaking news in the New York primary race. Here we go. And just in, we are getting results in the New York GOP gubernatorial primary, a big night on elections here. And joining us is our newsman from our main flagship station, WABC, Bob Brown. What do you have? Well, this was supposed to be the matchup, Rita Lee Zeldin, who actually trailed just a little bit from Andrew Giuliani in the beginning of the night, surging ahead. He is now, according to uh, Spectrum One, New York One News, the projected winner or the winner now for the Republican primary, the gubernatorial nod uh, for the governor of New York. And he will face off with Kathy Hochul uh, in in November. And again, uh, really no surprise here. He was the he's the GOP 
Party favorite, Kathy Hochul, the Democratic Party favorite. If you want to know a little bit about what he stands for, he wants to repeal cashless bail, fire Alvin Bragg, who doesn't these days, and reverse the recently passed Less is More Act, which created a path toward finishing parole early and cancels automatic detention and incarceration for some parole violations. He's also in favor of removing caps on charter schools. So that's some of the issues that he stands for. So... We're talking, uh, again, something that was pretty much predicted. I know you and I talked just for a minute or two. Like, Andrew is in the lead. Andrew Giuliani is in the lead. This could be interesting. But I was watching earlier, and some of the pundits were saying, get ready for a flip-flop night. Really didn't happen that way. But, again, Lee Zeldin did uh, do what he was expected to do and surged ahead and now is the winner of the uh, Republican nomination for governor. Going to be very interesting. Him against Kathy Hochul in November. And again, uh, it's only been about an hour and a half since the polls closed. Fairly quick night. Um, How much do you think crime and also the history of New York? Let's talk because our audience across the country listening, there have been New York governors. I think of Governor George Pataki, but Mm -hmm. there hasn't been a GOP governor in a while. No, it hasn't been for a while. And if, if there is a time that is ripe for a GOP governor, uh, I would say now we're just coming out of the pandemic. We're coming out of unrest, protests in the city uh, over the past year or two. Uh, crime is rampant. Uh, you get stores are still vacant in the city. It's coming back. You see more and more of the city coming back to life, but it's very slow. Still, a lot of, the city does not look very good after what it's been through the the last two and a half years. So possibly uh, Mr. Zeldin can get things on track. Maybe uh, Kathy Hochul. You know, for it's a national audience we have, just a little word about Kathy Hochul. She is from western New York. That's not the usual thing around here for a Democratic nod to be from uh, from western New York. So it's going to be interesting. You, you would always say, well, it's going to be New York City and the rest of the state. You know, you didn't count on upstaters to bring in a Democrat. This could be a little bit different now. We'll see how much upstate is going to matter in a, in a vote like this. Usually it never mattered. Yeah, right? that's a great it, point. It usually never mattered, but she's from the Buffalo area. Although she has <laughs> said, I'm going to give Alvin Bragg, the very soft on crime DA, some slack. So she's been kind of appealing to that left-leaning base. It'll be interesting to see if she comes a little more center for the general race now, and the not, general campaign. And not only that, let's we, we just had the Supreme Court ruling. On Roe v. Wade, okay, there's, you know, uh, this is a this is a time for women who really to send a message if they want to about who they who, who what they really think about what's going on in Washington. So I don't know that that we, we have to see how much that plays in. And of course, that gun control, uh, another big issue with the Supreme Court. You know, the other thing uh, before I let you go, Bob Brown, um, she had, of course, her lieutenant governor. She's had a bumpy ride because her lieutenant governor. Uh, is right there. has gotten right. it got into some criminal charges, right. you know. Right, so uh, she had a she had to buck that trend, and uh, it seems like she got over the hump with that. But um, we'll we'll see what's going to happen now. She said uh, we just um, I was on locally uh, just about five minutes ago, and she's already uh, giving her victory speech, and she's thanking all that stood behind her, and she says she loves New Yorkers. I love campaigning at the subways. And it's a good chance I'll probably be out the subway stops tomorrow morning. By the way, so. good luck with that. Put, <laughs> if she's going to do that, put on your bulletproof vest yeah. and your helmet and good luck, Governor. Yeah, that's My right. Goodness. I know. It's, 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 I really, it, you know, it's, it, 
can't be taking that light and saying something like that in the subways. Yeah, watch out. Put it on your bulletproof vest. Your bulletproof vest. Yes, absolutely. Short two patrol officers walking through the car the other day, though I haven't seen that in a long, long time. Right, because Member uh, Mayor Adams was saying that he wanted to split them up originally, and then the first day. Uh, it ended up that one got assaulted right there, remember, in Brooklyn. I mean, what what a this has become a mess. You, you see patrols in the subway now, yes. But when I was covering a city hall, then Commissioner O'Neill wanted to get them back in the trains. And I remember him saying to me, we are going to get them back in the trains. I haven't seen them in a while, but now starting to see them. And so. let's hope that crime gets under control. It's going to be an interesting year. Just like you said, there is a great momentum right now for the GOP side. We're seeing it across the country The question is also, let's see what happens in New York. It could be time for another GOP governor in New York. Who knows? We'll see. He's going to have to, whoever it is, now we know it's Lee Zeldin. It's going to be going up against Kathy Hochul. And we're going to see if women send a message. Yeah, we'll see. Absolutely. It's going to be very interesting. Yeah, there's so much. And listen, it's a long time between now and November. You and I have color of politics. Bob Brown, great job. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. Very much. Thank you. Great to have you here. And of course, everyone has also been talking about January 6th, an explosive, really stunning testimony today coming from the chief of staff's aide. This woman, Cassidy Hutchinson, was the surprise witness at the January 6th hearing today. There wasn't even supposed to be a January 6th hearing scheduled. And then yesterday they announced, oh, we have a big surprise witness. It's going to change everything around. It's going to rock your world. And Cassidy Hutchinson, 25 years old, she was an aide, again, to Mark Meadows, the chief of staff for then-President Trump. And she describes what she says she was told by an aide, that they were basically wrestling, that Trump was basically trying to take the steering wheel away from the Secret Service so he could go to the Capitol to join his supporters. Take a listen. The president reached up towards the front of the vehicle to grab at the steering wheel. Mr. Engel grabbed his arm, said, sir, you need to take your hand off the steering wheel. We're going back to the West Wing. We're not going to the Capitol. Mr. Trump then used his free hand to lunge towards Bobby Angle. And Mr. when Mr. Renato had recounted this story to me, he had motioned towards his clavicles. And after all of this, there was a report today. She also said that Trump threw his lunch and it had food all over the walls, that he has a big anger. Also said, hey, to heck, I don't care if they're armed. Tell them to come. They're my supporters. No big deal. A lot of stuff that definitely wasn't good looking for President Trump in terms of perception. After the entire report, just a few hours ago, NBC News came out and said sources have told them that the driver and the lead Secret Service agent, who were the two that she says were involved and were there when Trump lunged at one of them, tried to grab the steering wheel. Again, liberal NBC News came out and said they are prepared to testify, and they say these incidents never happened, that Trump never tried to grab the steering wheel, and Trump never assaulted either of them. This is NBC News. So much for a fair and balanced hearing. Well, joining us now to talk about all of this is great investigative journalist, our friend John Solomon, founder of Just the News. John, great to have you here on such a big news night. Thank you for waiting, John, too, because, of course, we had the big news coming in that just came in on the gubernatorial results 
for the primary in New York. Uh, it's going to be Lee Zeldin, as you heard, against Kathy Hochul. Uh, first, before we get to the other, your reaction about uh, what's going to be the matchup, uh, one of the biggest matchups in the country in November. Yeah, listen, uh, a big, big win for Congressman Lee Zeldin, who I've known for years. I think it's going to be a marquee race across the country, a bellwether race. Here's something that a lot of people aren't uh, really focused on. Kathy Hochul lost a third of the vote in the Democratic primary. She's the incumbent governor. She uh, lost a third of the vote to two challengers who appealed to the two different sides of the Democratic Party, one that's more moderate and saying she's not addressing enough uh, crime, and the other side that's uh, more liberal and thinks she isn't liberal enough. Um, if you're the incumbent and you're, you're only at a 67% win rate in a primary, there's a sign that your base may not be with you. And I think uh, she goes in, obviously, the, the favorite, because New York is a blue state, uh, but there are signs of weaknesses in this primary. For her to lose a third of the vote, at least as the current trend lines are, I think it's a warning sign that Hochul may be more vulnerable than, uh, than uh, prior Democrats in the state of New York heading into the general election. Yeah, so, and you know, I think this could be a year for a Republican in the New York, you know, governor's house. I mean, you think about it, in the governor's mansion there, crime is such an enormous issue. The quality of life has gone downhill so dramatically in New York and so many liberal cities across this country. Um, and I think about just how many people have left the big cities like New York, how many people are disenchanted, the high taxes, the high crime. Uh, it seems like the high tolerance for criminals and repeat offenders. I mean, sure. if that combination isn't deadly, I don't know what is, you know. And um, and when you sit there and you look at all that, there there's moments. And we've seen glimpses even in some of the other earlier races where a number of people in local jurisdictions won because they were fed up with crime. They were going up against soft on crime candidates. So I think the position for Lee Zeldin, he's already did that already in the primary but clearly in the general, he's going to have to go after her and say, you cut Alvin Bragg some slack. Uh, you're not doing anything. You're not yeah. doing anything with this. You know, what about victims? What about New York? What about citizens? So we got to bring people back. It's going to be I think it's going to be a dogfight. It's going to be really interesting, John. I think you're right. Listen, this is shaping up to be a pocketbook insecurity election. The two issues that are, are going to be foremost in, in people's mind, the economy, the inflation, gas prices, food shortages, all the things people are experiencing. And do people feel safe? And on those two issues, Democrats are doing really poorly in the in the polls. And I think every Democrat in, in any state is more vulnerable than they've been in a long time because of the power of those two issues and the current trend lines of the country. So it's going to be very interesting. Obviously, Zeldin has a large mountain to climb, but uh, it's not inconceivable that a Republican could win in New York in, in this sort of climate. Yeah, absolutely. And John, I invited you on. You've been so nice to be flexible. I invited you on about January 6th, but I know you can talk about everything, John. I know that about you, my friend. Um, What's your reaction? Did you hear what I said? I was watching the entire coverage tonight. I was like glued. Okay, who's the big surprise witness that's going to rock the world? Um, And it was powerful, some of the things she said. But even what she said still on many levels was hearsay. And what she also said was, you know, he even said, yeah, he wanted to join his supporters to march to the Capitol. She didn't say that he wanted his supporters to go and riot at the Capitol. That would have been different. Um, And also now I and I I don't know if you heard, but NBC News, Peter Alexander, who you and I both know, Peter Alexander came out after his report tonight on the nightly news and said, by the way, my sources are telling me 
that the driver and also the lead agent are prepared to testify and say what she said never happened. Nothing happened with the steering wheel. They were never assaulted by Trump. I mean, how could you go out there and make this? We're going to turn the whole country around. This is a blockbuster. This is your blockbuster witness. And NBC News in five seconds, it looks like, gets sources to say that these guys, the ones who she says were her sources, are going to basically say she's a liar. The uh, Listen, this pattern has been repeated. In prior congressional hearings and all the years you and I covered Washington we always saw committees, they'd hear something from a witness, they would go check it out. They would make sure that, particularly if it was hearsay, did this actually happen before you put it out in the public? The January 6th committee repeatedly puts out the first thing it hears and often doesn't do the homework. And what has that resulted in? It's resulted in several embarrassing reversals already. Let's give you a couple of them. They said last November, Bernie Carrick, the former NYPD commissioner, attended a meeting in Washington on January 5th to overturn the election. Uh, we proved at Just the News that he actually was in New York, not in Washington. He could not have attended the meeting. The committee had to apologize to uh, Commissioner Kerry. Just three weeks ago, or two weeks ago, they accused Congressman Barry Laudermack of running a tour, a reconnaissance tour, with the insurrectionists who would later storm the Capitol a day later. They claimed he gave him a reconnaissance tour of the Capitol on January 5th. We got to the uh, Capitol Police. What did they tell us? In a written letter, they told us that Loudermilk never was even in the Capitol on January 5th. He only was in a congressional building. He only had constituents, and nothing on the security tape showed a reconnaissance mission. It was innocent stuff. So once again, the committee put out a story, and it got to, to last late last week. Senator Ron Johnson was accused of trying to hand documents. This is actual headlines. Hand documents to Mike Pence of alternate um, uh, electors for Wisconsin and Michigan. Uh, when you finally found out that they only put out some of the uh, text messages, I got all of the text messages. It turns out Ron Johnson never attempted it. Why? He got a call. He sent it to his staffer. The staffer checked it out and said, we're not going to do it. It never happened. The committee has on at least three occasions misled the public. And I fear today that as interesting and as in, uh, engrossing as uh, Cassidy Hutchinson's uh, testimony was, it was based predominantly on hearsay. She's a junior age. He wasn't the t- at the top level. Sure, she could hear things, but it was hearsay. I think this story about the agents is going to boomerang. My sources close to the Secret Service tell me that the two agents did not have this happen to them, that they didn't have the wheel taken from them. There wasn't an assault in the car. By the way, if you've ever seen the presidential limo, it would be very hard for the president from the back seat to take control of the car. So it did not, just on a logistical thing, didn't sound plausible. Now, I'm sure she may have heard hearsay like that. But if these agents come out and debunk that testimony, uh, that will be the fourth major reversal that this committee has. It's becoming a joke. And let me ask, bring one other thing up we're going to do tonight. When people wake up in the morning, one of the storylines yesterday or today from Cassidy uh, Hutchinson was Donald Trump knew everybody was going to be armed and he wasn't worried about violence that day. Now, first off, Donald Trump isn't responsible for the security at the Capitol, but even though he wasn't, His administration offered the Capitol Police on January 2nd and on January 4th the opportunity to have 10,000-plus National Guards help them. That was turned down by Nancy Pelosi's team, uh, and the police chief also turned it down. We're going to put out tomorrow morning that long before Cassidy uh, Hutchinson heard these things in the White House, the Capitol Police, the Capitol leadership, was told on December 31st there were going to be armed people snipers possibly at the Capitol. Uh, They were going to storm the Capitol. They might even try to hang Democrats. 
It actually says that in the, in the intelligence warnings that the Capitol Police got. They had far more warning than anything Cassidy uh, Hutchinson witnessed. They chose not to increase the security enough. They chose not to accept the National Guard. I think most Americans are going to say it's kind of hard to blame Donald Trump for any of the violence that day when the Capitol Police knew for more than a week of these warnings and they didn't prepare for it and they didn't even take the National Guard. I think a lot of the J6 committee's story is going to fall apart again. You know, John, it's so stunning when I hear this. And my first reaction, too, by the way, about the armed was, and I knew the report, of course, from you about the National Guard, was, you know, if somebody is trying to create problems, you don't call for the National Guard to help, you know, a couple days before. Um, But what you just said is really interesting about this December 31st. We still do not know why Nancy Pelosi and the Capitol Police um, turned down extra security. It, 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 it is baffling to me. And, and I've said this on the air, John, and I think you and I even talked about this. Even if it was like 100,000 grandmothers there, I would still want some National Guard because it's a big crowd. And, you know, that the moment is tense and just, you know, uh, it's just a lot of people. Why? We still don't know. And that, to me, is really the biggest mystery. And I hope at some point we get to the bottom of why Capitol Police did not have extra support. Why in heck would you not want it, even if you knew that they were safe folks and unarmed people? And now that you're telling me even more intelligence that they knew they were armed, it is stunning to me. It's a dereliction not to protect the Capitol. And we need to get to the bottom of why Nancy Pelosi and the Capitol Police refuse that. To me, that is Absolutely shocking. Rita, these are from a document I'm going to make public tomorrow. They're from Matthew Herdick, a intelligence analyst at the Capitol Police, distributed across the Capitol Police Department to investigation officials, task force officers, and their own intelligence division. These are three quotes from a December 31st and, oh, do intelligence me, do, me, do me a favor, John, if you could. Stay sure. with us. We're going to go to a quick break, and Absolutely. I want to finish with you after the break because I want to have you uh, answer that because it's very important. Stay with us, everybody. John Solomon with more details about January 6th right after the break. This is the Rita Cosby Show. Well, start me up because there are so many issues with this bombshell today at the January 6th hearing, which turns out to be a big bust. And we continue now with just the news's John Solomon. John, I had to cut you off, sorry, before the break, but I want to have you finish because you got some big explosive stuff you're reporting tomorrow. This is a December 31st intelligence bulletin of 2020, so seven days before the uh, Capitol riots. These are direct quotes from the intelligence analysis that was sent to large numbers of the leadership of the Capitol Police Department. One, far-right extremists call for armed encampment and plan to hang corpses of Democrats at January 6th pro-Trump demonstration. They knew that people were being asked to bring their guns. Here's another one. Armed and ready, Mr. President, demonstrators urged to bring guns and prepare for violence at January 6th. Here's a third one, a third entry in the same intelligence report. Far-right forum users discuss taking violent action at D.C. Trump rally. This also includes facts that the, the people, the bad people, actually ended up showing up that day from places like Proud Boys and, and others. They had maps of the Capitol. They were actually planning how they were going to penetrate the Capitol. The Capitol Police knew seven days, way before Cassidy Hutchinson heard any of these concerns in the White House, the Capitol and and their leaders 
already knew this could happen. They still turned down the National Guard, and they did not have the proper security posture. That is going to be the ultimate thing that history will remember about January 6th. The Capitol failed to protect itself. Wow. And we still need to know exactly why that happened, because that to me is it's unfathomable. And to me, it can't just be uh, an accident. There's something there, John, which is we don't know yet. We need to find out why. John, great reporting. Everybody check out John Solomon's great columns tomorrow. John, thank you very, very much. And everybody, after the break, we're going to give you the latest again on elections and also this and also the border. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. Feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. Breaking news. And you are listening to Breaking News here on the Rita Cosby Show. In just the last few minutes, New York Congressman Lee Zeldin has won the New York GOP gubernatorial primary in New York. It was a heated race between he and a number of other Republican candidates, including the son of Rudy Giuliani, Andrew Giuliani, and also former Westchester County Executive Rob Astorino, businessman Harry Wilson, and he has pulled it out. Lee Zeldin, who received the party's nomination, now will go on to fight Governor Kathy Hochul in the general election. She, of course, is the Democrat. He, the Republican. And just a few seconds ago, he was speaking to his supporters after he won tonight. Are we ready to fire Kathy Hochul? That was Lee Zeldin all fired up, and he also said that Kathy Hochul is, quote, in over her head. He said she has a walking identity crisis, and he is no doubt going to go after her on issues of law and order, issues of the economy, issues about COVID and the lockdowns. There's a lot to go after, and boy, is it going to be a fascinating race as now GOP Congressman Lee Zeldin is the official winner of the gubernatorial primary in New York for governor just coming in a few minutes ago, and he will go up against the current Democratic governor, Kathy Hochul, in the general election just a few months away. Boy, is it going to be spirited, and there's a lot to cover in New York and with a lot of these, uh, you know, liberal cities, I think about across the country, many of you listening from across the country, you think about what's been happening in Los Angeles and San Francisco and Philly, um, Chicago, many of the biggest cities in this country have gone downhill. So boy, is there a lot for Lee Zeldin where crime is skyrocketing in New York, people leaving New York in droves, Because of the economy, because of crime, because of homelessness, because of drugs, 
Uh, so many issues that are happening. A lot of people left during COVID and did not come back. And Lee Zeldin has also said part of his campaign is to bring people back to the great state of New York. So we'll be following that race closely. Again, Lee Zeldin declared the winner of the New York GOP gubernatorial primary going up against the current governor, Kathy Hochul. Well, later on in the show, we're going to be talking about the border because Congressman Zeldin has talked about that. Every state has basically become a border state And one of the most gruesome discoveries, and I think heart-wrenching and horrible discoveries, came earlier this week, and it was reported today that 51 people were found, their bodies were found in a truck right outside of San uh, San Antonio in Texas. No no air conditioning, no water. Uh, Clearly, they were smuggled into this country. Most of them Mexican nationals trying to be smuggled into the country. And to me, this was absolutely gruesome. And it's heartbreaking to hear. And it just shows how dangerous the situation is now at the border. Take a listen. This is a San Antonio officer talking about the very horrific discovery. The patients that we saw were hot to the touch. They were suffering uh, from heat stroke, heat exhaustion. Uh, No signs of water in the vehicle. It was a refrigerated tractor trailer, but there was no uh, visible working AC unit on that rig. And Judge Jeanine Pirro said on Fox News today that so much of this rests with the Biden administration. By the way, Governor Abbott of Texas said he blames President Biden and his open border policies because he believes that he is luring so many people to come to the border and make this dangerous trek, often with smugglers who are not caring about him, clearly putting him in the back of a truck. And apparently, it's so horrific, there are stories that they were screaming out from the back of the truck. So they suffered immensely. And the fire department was responding to reports that they were people were hearing screaming in the truck. And by the time they got there... Uh, There were a couple people that were very gravely ill, 16 people. A number of them died. um, And in total, again, 51 people died uh, without any food, without any water, without any air conditioning. Imagine what a horrific, gruesome death. And they literally just left the truck. They abandoned the truck. And they have arrested three people tied to this. But many people are saying this just shows how dangerous the situation is at the border and that this administration is doing nothing to contain the border and dissuade people from coming. And here is Judge Jeanine Pirro talking about that. So what this administration is doing is they're laying out the welcome mat every day in terms of what they do. So they can tell me until the cows come home, the border's secure, that the border's closed, and they're lying to all of us. They're busy flying them in, busing them into the interior. They're housing unaccompanied migrant children smuggled in by the cartels that they're accompanying and facilitating, hiring 800 Americans to staff a facility. They're quietly erasing immigration cases, giving de facto amnesty to one million illegals. I mean, the goal for them should be to stop the human trafficking and the drug smuggling, but they're doing just the opposite. So why is he trying so hard to fail? And why is it that he let it get this way? Is he that afraid of the progressives? Why? Yeah. What is it 
that he is not even going to the border. Here he is. You know, he goes and he meets with the G7. He's traveling. He wants to go to Saudi Arabia. He wants to go to Israel. But somehow he can't even make it to the U.S. border. He is totally ignoring the situation, and that is stunning. So I want to get your thoughts. Do you blame the Biden administration for the fact that now people are coming in huge numbers, and there's reports. In fact, Governor Abbott was saying he thinks about 100,000 of them are waiting on the other side of the border to hurry up and get here. I, I mean, that's a huge amount of people. And we've already seen skyrocketing numbers in the last month. And I'm curious to see what's going to happen in June. But May was a historic month for illegal encounters. And that doesn't even include the ones that, quote, got away, which are some of the worst of the worst. Meantime, speaking of the worst... I think I heard some of the worst testimony today in January 6th. They billed it like it was going to be this big earth-shattering hearing today, so much so there wasn't a hearing scheduled, and they suddenly said, oh, wait, 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 we got this bombshell testimony, and everyone's like, who's coming? It was almost like Clue. It was like, uh, you know, Mr. Green with the, the billiard, right? He's getting up library, you know? You're like, who's coming in? You know, everyone's trying to figure it out. And it turned out it was this woman, 25-year-old Cassidy Hutchinson, Um, She was the only live witness, the key witness. Uh, She was in the West Wing. She worked for Mark Meadows, who's the chief of staff. We've had Mark on the show, uh, chief of staff for President Trump. And she was an assistant to him. And she claimed some pretty explosive stuff, including this. She says that President Trump, she was aware, and again, hearing it over other secondhand, That President Trump was aware that some people could potentially be armed coming to January 6th. And that President Trump was basically saying, I don't care. You know, let my people in. We don't need magnetometers. They're not here to hurt me. And they should be able to march with us and, you know, come to my rallies. And this is how she portrayed it. Take a listen. But when we were in the offstage announced tent, I was part of a conversation I was, in the, I was in the vicinity of a conversation where I overheard the president say something to the effect of, you know, I, I don't effing care that they have weapons. They're not here to hurt me. Take the effing mags away. Let my people in. They can march to the Capitol from here. Let the people in. Take the effing mags away. Now, by the way, that when you hear her, she says, let my people march. It's not like he's saying, let my people riot and Storm the Capitol. I actually thought it was interesting. I was listening at the verb. Nobody's been talking about that. But as soon as I heard her say, let my people march, it doesn't sound like President Trump was planning like an overtaking of the Capitol and to go in and storm the Capitol. Uh, I mean, it was kind of interesting. The language I actually think wasn't that hurtful. And now here's the other one. You have to believe that President Trump is Gumby, that he's sitting in the back. You think that President Trump is driving? It's called the Beast. That's the vehicle that the president drives in. I've seen the beast, by the way. I've tried to open the door of the beast, and it's like, whoa, it's bulletproof. It's heavy. Uh, It is so heavily fortified. Of course, it's got to be the most well-protected vehicle in the world because it's carrying the leader of the free world. This is the limousine that the president drives in. They call it the beast. And so when the president's in the beast, there's quite a distance between the president and the driver. And you have to believe that his arms are like 30 feet long and they can suddenly like wrap around like a superhero and suddenly get the driver. But this is what she says happened. She says, 
on January 6th, she claims that one of the agents told her right after the detail, after this incident, and again, hearsay, because she wasn't there. She says this is what the agents told her, that she was told that the president said, I want to go to Capitol Hill. I want to be with my people. I want to go to the rally at the Capitol. Not I want to go to the insurrection. Not I want to go to the riot takeover or anything like that. I want to go to the rally at the take at the Capitol. And the driver, she claimed, said, no, you know, President Trump, you can't go. We're taking you to the West Wing. You got to go back. And too many people, it's a security nightmare. You can't go. And I understand the Secret Service is not going to send a president into people protesting, even if it's peaceful. You don't want to have that. I mean, that's a nightmare. You want to have it planned. You don't want to have some suddenly the president shows up and you're in the middle of a crowd. It doesn't matter what the circumstance, right? So she says that there were angry words and that the president basically almost lunged at the neck of the driver and basically said, I'm the blanking president. You're going to turn around. Um, and basically was shouting and shoving and assaulting, if you will, the driver. And finally, they had to take him. You would have thought like, you know, almost like in a scene out of Taken, like that he was like strapped to the, the top of the roof of the car almost is the way they describe it. You know, dragging him. No, we're taking you to, uh, you know, to the White House. Well, this is what she had to say. Now, listen carefully, because, again, this is what she claims the agents told her. The president reached up towards the front of the vehicle to grab at the steering wheel. Mr. Engel grabbed his arm, said, sir, you need to take your hand off the steering wheel. We're going back to the West Wing. We're not going to the Capitol. Mr. Trump then used his free hand to lunge towards Bobby Engel. And Mr. when Mr. Renato had recounted this story to me, he had motioned towards his clavicles. Wow. I mean, that sounds like Mike Tyson and Holyfield, like they're about to go at it, right, with the president and the driver and the Secret Service, Bobby Engel, the head of his security detail. And right after that, this is what Congressman Mike Gallego had to say. He absolutely believes that this testimony was so damning that this is the end of President Trump. Take a listen to how he said it, the Democrat, of course. The president had the intent to interrupt Congress in, and, uh, in the certification of the election, which is illegal, uh, and he should be uh, uh, yeah, indicted for that. Absolutely stunning when you hear all the details. Now, after all of this, this to me was stunning tonight. Peter Alexander, White House correspondent for NBC News. I've known Peter for a long time. He's a great journalist. Uh, again, NBC News isn't exactly, uh, you know, the conservative news outlet. He is reporting tonight a source close to the Secret Service tells me that both Bobby Engel, the lead agent, and the presidential limousine SUV driver are prepared to testify under oath that neither man was assaulted and that Mr. President, uh, Mr. Trump, never lunged for the steering wheel. That this never, ever happened. So what is the January 6th committee hearing doing? They break in and say, we need to have basically every network cover this. We've got the bombshell. Like, you know, we've got it. We've got the smoking gun. And they don't even talk to the two people that she says told her. They're grabbing John Eastman's phone, who is the attorney for President Trump. They're going after all these other people. And yet they don't even go to these two agents and say, hey, by the way, this woman is saying this. 
Do you corroborate it? I mean, this to me is absolutely stunning. It is reckless and it is shocking. And as you just heard also here live on the show, uh, John Solomon, who's done some really great blockbuster reporting with Justin News, was telling us that tomorrow he's going to report in his paper and his publication. Um, and you got to check it out because he's had some great stuff that Capitol Hill police were told as early as December 31st that there were problems, that there could be guns coming, that there could be issues, that people were getting heated, and that Capitol Hill police, again, were offered by President Trump on January 2nd and January 4th, several days before January 6th, we would like to have 10,000 National Guard. Now, does that sound like a guy who wants armed people to come on in? I mean, it doesn't make any sense. So why don't we know why National Guard was turned down? Why, if you get reports that there could be people that are armed that are coming to any sort of protest, why wouldn't you have extra security? It defies logic, everyone. Why can we not get to the bottom of all of this? It is outrageous. And how dare this committee... Put somebody out there and tell the whole American public we have the bombshell that's going to bring down a president of the United States. What, the third time they're trying to basically, you know, impeach him? This is a third impeachment, as many people have described. You know, and they're trying to go after him and talk about even worse than impeachment, criminal charges. And you don't even check with the person that this woman says she heard it from because it was hearsay. You don't have anything to corroborate what she's saying. And it's so easy that NBC News, within minutes of their report tonight, are corroborating something totally different. Shame on them. 1-800-848-9222. And you are listening to The Rita Cosby Show. This is The Rita Cosby Show. Coming up in just a few minutes, we have our Support Our Heroes segment here on the Rita Cosby Show. I love that. Every night we shine a bright light, as bright as we can shine it, like a big beacon in the middle of the night. We shine a light on our great military and their families, which I love doing every night. Those are my favorite segment, that one and also Back the Blue, where we get to also honor our great men and women in law enforcement. And boy, uh, there's a lot of questions about this new January 6th hearing. Uh, Right after some of the testimony, which sounded pretty explosive, from this former aide of Chief of Staff Mark Meadows, who was the right-hand guy to President Trump. They're still really close. Former Congressman Mark Meadows. Uh, This is the aide to him, a young aide. And President Trump said this woman is phony. She's a fake. He barely knows her. He also says that she's upset because he wouldn't hire her after he left office. And that's why he thinks she's just making up stuff. And clearly what she said doesn't sound like can even be corroborated by these agents. He made it sound like President Trump was uh, trying out for WWE. He is close to Vince McMahon, but I don't think he was trying out for WWE at that moment. Uh, But they claim that he was almost like wrestling and lunging and all this other stuff at the agents. And according to NBC News, sources say those agents would testify under oath that that is not true. So why is the January 6th committee, the big old partisan January 6th committee, wasting our time and our money? There are so many things going on in America right now, and they're putting witnesses who can't even be corroborated. Are you kidding me? This is like, you know, uh, Maxwell Smart could have done a better job. 
You know, I mean, really, this is unbelievable. But Congressman Mike Gallego, Democrat, this is what he had to say today. We now know that his goal was to interfere with Congress uh, in the process of our duties. Uh, at that, at a minimum, is illegal and indictable, and there should there probably will be other charges that should go wrong with that too. Wow, I think he needs to listen to NBC News, which says that the agents would say a very different story than what this woman testified to. One eight hundred eight four eight nine two two two. Let's go to Eric on line seven. Eric, your reaction to the January sixth explosion today? Oh, explosion! It's bombshell, bombshell, bombshell news. First of all, didn't they delay? Not go one day, didn't they delay a day? Yeah, they did. Only... They did. But then, and okay. then they suddenly, remember, they thought they were going to go like a whole week and then they delayed it. <laughs> and then they said, oh, we've got it. Shazam. Yep. I knew they were going to lie about it. Oh, someone's going to get up there and lie, which they've gone about him before saying something he hasn't said. Uh, you answer one question of mine about the monster, the, the limo thing. So you've met him. So I'm assuming. So he, he's not like this. He wouldn't do anything like this. And why are we hearing about it now? I mean, oh, he lunges the driver. Like, come on. They're just trying to muddy the waters. They're definitely afraid of him. They're not going to dare charge him with anything because do you think he's going to be sitting idly by and his team and not ask for discovery and this and that? And the documents that Schiff is refusing to give the DOJ, which uh, Merrick Garland doesn't want. So, I mean, I, it's just, just disgusting. It's disgusting. It is. It is. It is so disgusting. I agree. And and you know what? When you are dealing with an issue like the president of the United States, to me, this is what's so outrageous about all of this. When you have somebody who is the leader of the free world, you better make sure you have your ducks in order. We already wasted America's time with the Russia hoax. And now you're going to drag people through this and make it sound like it's the second coming of Christ. And you don't even have a corroborated witness that NBC News within minutes is basically saying it ain't true. Boy, are you in trouble. You need a Gomer pile of Mayberry. He could do a better job. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity. And the American dream starts with purpose. Whether your pursuit involves a bachelor's, master's, or doctoral degree, GCU's learning environments are designed for supportive networking and collaboration. With over 330 academic programs, GCU provides a path to help you fulfill your dreams. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at GCU. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. Rita Cosby is on. The Rita Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes. And a powerful story coming tonight in our Support Our Heroes segment from Brooklyn, New York. Fort Hamilton, where I've been a number of times. It's a great place. After years of trying to receive his medals, 97 years old, Bronx native and World War II veteran, was honored at Fort Hamilton. William Kellerman spoke about how great it was to be recognized for his accomplishments. He was fighting in Europe when he was 19 years old. When I was in Normandy, we went to visit the cemetery and 8,000 guys were buried. I knew a few of them, but they're the ones who really should be honored. I'll just be the spokesperson for them. Uh, and his daughter said that he always thought his story wasn't different. He thought everybody had a story like his. That's why he thought he wasn't getting these awards. 
Kellerman, by the way, was captured by German soldiers just one month into his deployment, and he escaped on foot one night. And he then traveled 600 miles via bike and arrived at the headquarters of the French Resistance, where he was interrogated to prove that he was actually an American soldier. His way of proving his American roots, get this, naming the 1943 World Series champion the New York Yankees. Isn't that interesting? That's quite an interrogation. I can, I don't know, I might, I might have won that one. I don't know. I'd say I'm not sure. Under interrogation, I might have been able to reveal that. But anyway, that's great. Officials, though, from the U.S. Army say that after Kellerman's active service ended, the medals he was said to receive were never processed. Decades later, the mistake has now been corrected. He received the Purple Heart, Prisoner of War, and a Bronze Star Medal. Bravo to 97 years old, Bronx native and World War II hero, William Kellerman. What a great, great story and what an amazing story of survival. Well, we are also talking about January 6th, by the way, a big primary night, so I'm taking your calls on that, too, as well. But we're talking about the hearing today that was supposed to be the big be-all, end-all, and that President Trump would basically be uh, off in cuffs the way if you listen to Liz Cheney and if you listen to other people on that committee. But already NBC News, liberal NBC News, is poking a big old hole in the testimony of the key bombshell witness, a 25-year-old aide to the chief of staff to then-President Trump. And Cassidy Hutchinson said, during it all, she said that President Trump, at one point, she said he had such a heavy anger that he was trying to lunge at one point, she said, for the Secret Service agents telling them to drive to the Capitol, other than the White House, on January 6th. Then now we're having NBC News say, "Uh uh-uh, that did not happen. I think it's outrageous that they didn't triple check this, that NBC News was able to confirm this, but not the January 6th committee that's able to basically have FBI agents come to your house in the middle of the morning, you know, wake you up in the middle of the night. You know, it's like, what are you kidding me? They couldn't verify this, but NBC News was able to come back and say that the agents are saying that didn't happen. There was no assault. Uh, There was no shoving. There was no pushing by the president in the vehicle, in the beast, the presidential limousine. And also Cassidy Hutchinson also testified today that she saw President Trump and his rage when he found out from Bill Barr, his then attorney general, uh, that he was not going to support President Trump's claim of election fraud. And this is what she said President Trump did when she walked into his office. I first noticed there was ketchup dripping down the wall and there's a shattered porcelain plate on the floor. The valet had articulated that the president was extremely angry at the attorney general's AP interview and had thrown his lunch against the wall. Now, here's the problem. President Trump likes McDonald's. We know that. He's talked about it all the time. He would probably be eating out of the cardboard, knowing President Trump. He doesn't want to spend the time on all this other stuff. So you'd see a broken cardboard box. There's the first problem right there. And second of all, this would not be the first uh, leader of the free world who has broken a plate. That I might agree that he might have done that. He says he didn't do that. Um, But I wouldn't be surprised if he was angry. But to see a little bit of broken glass, eh, you know, even if that's true, no big deal. But here's what she also said. 
She said that Pat Cipollone, who is one of the president's attorneys, right, said to Mark Meadows that by everything you can do, do not basically let the president go to the Capitol, no matter what. Keep him away from the Capitol. Keep him away from the Capitol. Listen to a conversation that she recounts. I remember pointing at the TV and I said, the rioters are getting close. They might get in. And he looked at me and said something to the effect of, all right, I'll, I'll give him a call. Not long after the rioters broke into the Capitol, you described what happened with White House counsel Pat Cipollone. No more than a minute, minute and a half later, I see Pat Cipollone barreling down the hallway towards our office and rushed right in, looked at me, said, is Mark in his office? And I said, yes. He just looked at me and started shaking his head and went over, opened Mark's office door, stood there with the door propped open and said something to the, Mark is still sitting on his phone. I remember like glancing at him, he's still sitting on his phone. And I remember Pat saying to him something to the effect of, the rioters have gotten to the Capitol, Mark. We need to go down and see the president now. And Mark looked up at him and said, he doesn't want to do anything, Pat. And Pat said something to the effect of, and very clearly had said this to Mark, something to the effect of, Mark, something needs to be done or people are going to die and the blood's going to be on your effing hands. This is getting out of control. I'm going down there. And at that point, Mark stood up from his couch, both of his phones in his hand. He had his glasses on still. He walked out with Pat. He put both of his phones on my desk and said, let me know if Jim calls. So the president, as we know, never went to the Capitol. And again, he just wanted to do some spontaneous rally. According to her, she said that he wanted to maybe march with his people to the Capitol. She didn't say he wanted to uh, insurrect and wanted to do all these other things and wanted to riot at the Capitol. And this is the all-star witness. They're in trouble. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Stan. Online for Stan, your thoughts about this today, the big bombshell, Stan. Well, uh, you didn't mention the bombshell. And the bombshell, as far as I'm concerned, is when she mentioned Rudy Giuliani and Mark Meadows thinking about asking and asking for pardons, which they did, apparently, according to her. So why would they ask for pardons? Maybe they were guilty of something. He, you know, she said it. I didn't. So why were they possibly asking for pardons? Maybe they knew more than you know. And that's why they didn't get it and whatever. They didn't get any pardons. So, Stan, Stan, let, Stan Go ahead. let me play devil's advocate. Um, just because I, I, uh, I always appreciate your thoughts. I love hearing from everybody here on the Rita Cosby Show. Let me play devil's advocate. First off, uh, according to, you know, this woman, you can't. Even NBC News is refuting her testimony. NBC News came out uh, and it says a source close to the Secret Service uh, tells Peter Alexander, a great reporter at NBC News, which is not exactly uh, the big conservative outlet, Stan, uh, that both Bobby Engel, who's the lead, uh, the lead agent, and the driver are prepared to testify under oath that neither man was assaulted and that President Trump never lunged for the steering wheel. That was her big bombshell by everybody's account today. And so that ain't true. So how can you believe anything? And second of all, 
Let me even play devil's advocate. The way that the left has been treating people, they showed up at John Eastman, who was the president's personal attorney, which is stunning. Apparently, they showed up and they got his phone. I mean, that that you're thinking this is not just grabbing the phone from anybody. This is grabbing the phone of the private attorney for the president of the United States and seeing personal information, personal conversations that are typically attorney client privilege and executive privilege under extreme circumstances. OK, so they do that. So if that's the climate and then you see what happened with all these other people, these pre-dawn raids, maybe they thought that maybe somebody's going to try to falsely accuse them, just like uh, a number of other people that were happened to be in the area of January 6th. I do believe anybody who did violence or anything January 6th, throw the book at them, Stan. You and I agree on that. But anybody who did not, a lot of people were just in the area, and now they're spending tons of money because they've been charged, maybe trumped up charges. And if I were Meadows and I were you know, Giuliani and others— uh, you, you know, they know whatever they know, but whatever the case is, it could be that maybe somebody could be making up charges. And suddenly, as we know, in Giuliani's case, they raided his place. You know, maybe they were afraid that somebody was going to do fake charges against him and they wanted to be protected because they saw a political smear campaign stand. There's been a little bit of a history of that of late. And today, this is the big bombshell stand. I mean, you are dealing with just I know you don't like President Trump, but separate yourself from the fact this is the president of the United States. And if you're going to go after the leader of America and at that moment he was the president of the United States, he's now a former president and you are going to accuse the former president of something so serious as this. And the best you got as a 25 year old aide who right now her story can't be corroborated. It's worse than corroborated. It's debunked. Her biggest claim today is debunked within minutes from NBC News. Stan, go ahead. First of all, Rita, as far as I'm concerned, Mr. Eastman, who probably was involved in the collusion of this whole situation, they did the right thing and so forth. They wanted to get information. We now know that Mr. Eastman has been involved in this and so forth. So I don't worry about him at the moment. As far as Mr. Giuliani and uh, Mr. Meadows asking for the, a pardon, uh, definitely says to me that he basically never had anything to begin with in terms of the election. That's what he told Let him go in front of the committee. Okay, let him testify. Let, the woman put her hand up. She testified. If she's lying, they'll, they'll uh, do what they have to do, bring charges on her. And by the, by the way, Stan, Stan, hang on, Stan. Do you actually think for a moment, and again, you know, clearly her story, I say, can't be corroborated because already we're seeing these lead service, secret service agents, uh, the head so of the security detailed. Right, absolutely. I think they absolutely should. Uh, I'm, I'm but, that, but, sure. what, but what I'm saying to you, Stan, is I do not see in a million years, even if it turns out that this woman was lying, that she's got some vendetta against the president. I don't know that. I'm just saying, you know, if, 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 if. But what I'm saying is if it turns out they even for sure could prove that she's lying. I, and I don't know if they can. I'm just saying that even if they are, I don't see this committee. This committee is so one sided, so slanted. I mean, it is it is to me. It's a joke, Stan. It's a joke. How can you go after the leader of the free world, a president of the United States, after everything that happened with the Russia hoax? And then you you call, tell every network to break in. It's the big bombshell of the day. 
And then within minutes, NBC News is debunking the key, the biggest element of this woman's testimony. Why didn't you call these agents? Why didn't you do it before you embarrassed yourself before the, the American public and the world? We look like a joke. I don't think we look like a joke. Uh, the world knows what Donald Trump is. They've been expecting something in, in relation to this and so forth. Oh, but Stan, it's, Stan, it's, Stan, it's just because you don't like him. And, and hey, you, they, that's what it is. That's what it is, Stan. And Stan, Stan, justice is supposed to be blind whether you like the person or not. It's just because you don't like him. If the name was Biden, you'd go crazy right now. And if the name was Biden, I would say this is unfair. You can't have the president of the United States accuse of something and you bring in a 25-year-old aide whose story gets a hole poked through it like bigger than a pasta circle within five seconds. She's a Republican. She ain't a Democrat. I could say if it's a Democrat, I'd probably say, check it out. But she's a so, Republican. So, she let was me, there. Stan, let me ask I'm you. Not Stan, it up. Lynn, let me ask you. So you think the head of the Secret Service detail for the president of the United States just happens to be lying? Is that because let him that's testify. what? Let him. I'm for that. Hey, Rita. Let them come and testify. Let's see. Let's see. Absolutely. Let's see. Because, by the way, I bet you this committee, let me tell you, if if they know that those two guys are going to not say what she said, I bet you somehow they're not going to be available to testify. What a surprise. We're not going to, they're not going to call them. I bet you if it turns out that they know ahead of time that they're going to say what NBC is saying, if indeed they can get that, I bet you somehow they're going to say, oh, we don't need those witnesses because that's how one sided. This has been Stan. I love you. Thanks for the call, very, very much. Let's go to Marianne, line two. Marianne, your thoughts. Hi, Rita. How are you? I'm doing well. What do you think? Because Stan seems to know better than everybody. But go ahead, Marianne. Well, I am asking how many millions this woman is going to get for the book. No. So do you? So and by the way, you know what? You know, I I always say. If she's lying, it, clearly her story is not being corroborated now by two people who are obviously quite credible. I mean, you think of the, the driver for the president of the United States is not like uh, some Joe Schmo. These are like trained you know, security people um, and Secret Service as well. And then you've got the head of Secret Service, the lead agent, Bobby Engel. Um, I've known a lot of Secret Service. I have a lot of sec- buddies in Secret Service. Uh, these are all highly qualified, uh, great law enforcement, great patriots. Um, and believe me, um, you know, to me, these are, you know, certainly qualified people. They're not just anybody. They're already debunking her story. So either she got it wrong or she's making it up. Well, I believe that this woman is uh, abortionist and she seems to really hate Donald Trump. So I what is, wait, 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 wait. What do you mean, Marianne? Wait, 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 wait. Wait a minute. You think, what does that have to, what does Roe v. Wade have to do? You think this is a Roe v. Wade somehow? Yes, and also I believe that she's a member of Me Too. Wait, 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 wait. hang on a second, Marianne. How do you, what do you think that she has, what, she's upset because he appointed the justices and now they came down with this decision? And is that what you think? Is that why you think she came out now? Well, I believe that if they investigate this woman, they're going to find out her ties to the Me Too movement and the abortionist movement. She is not a a coincidence. She was brought exactly the day of the elections where they had to knock out uh, Giuliani's son from the governor's governatorial 
wrong. So this is something that was very well prepared. But let me tell you, this doesn't come just from the Democrats. Liz Cheney, who is a rhino, and Mitch Roney, and all of these people from the establishment are the ones that are setting up the whole thing. Because well, remember, and, by, and, by, and by the way, Marianne, Marianne, I will give you that, that, that Liz Cheney is clearly so out to get Donald Trump. She cannot stand him. Uh, real quick, I want to go to uh, BJ, line one. Go ahead, BJ, your thoughts. So uh, the world's smartest secretary, Cassie, uh, has a photographic memory. And not only that, she's invited into the uh, president's limousine uh, to listen to all the most uh, high-level privy conversations. Well, well, and actually, actually, BJ, uh, just to correct it, my understanding of it is that she says an agent told her that after the incident. But... Um, and and it sounds to me like the agents who were involved. But now the agents who are involved are telling NBC News that didn't happen. Well, not only that, Rita, but, you know, the thing is, in the 21st century, you think, uh, it, you know, for security purposes, they have uh, digital recording devices in uh, something like the Beast. That's it, a good, you know, I mean, to be honest with you, I don't know the answer to that. But you're right. You would think I mean, there's I, something probably. Yeah, you know, so so I mean, really, you know, this is such a, this is a caricature of a caricature. It's so beyond. It's it's, you know, they put us through the PP hoax. They put us through the uh, the Mueller report. They pull it, put us through two impeaches. Now the guy's out of office, and they want to. They keep going after him, but they do everything except the people's work. The inflation is way out of control. The gas prices are zooming out of control. We have a border that's clearly by the events of today. I mean, how many truckloads of dead illegal immigrants did Trump have? I'm just curious. Uh, I mean, no, you're uh, right. You you know, BJ, you are so right that issues there are so many serious issues out there and they're and they're calling this like, oh, this is the big bombshell. And you don't even verify it with the agents that because she it's secondhand. It's hearsay. You know, in a legal proceeding, it's hearsay because she wasn't in the vehicle. She was saying that she's recounting it from somebody and the somebodies that apparently she was recounting it from, according to sources, are saying that didn't happen. So, I mean, that to me is this is it is such just like you said, it is such a dereliction of duty that they're not focused on what's important. And then they bring up something that it appears to not be corroborated. That is shameful when you're dealing with the president of the United States. And I would say that with a Republican, Democrat, anybody, it is outrageous. This is a smear, you know, just joke of a show. And to me, the fact that they didn't check it and NBC got it within, looks like, minutes, give me a break. 1-800-848-9222. It's the Rita Cosby Show. to the Rita Cosby show again a big night with the primaries Lee Zeldin winning the New York GOP gubernatorial primary just a few hours ago and he's going to go up against New York Democratic Governor Kathy Hochul that will be a big huge race it was a huge primary tonight he beat Andrew Giuliani the son of Rudy Giuliani in a fairly tight race uh, but Lee Zeldin, the current congressman, pulls it out and now will go up against Kathy Hochul in the general election in November. 
law and order big time on the ballot, big time, as well as the economy and so many other huge, huge issues. Let's go to Norman. Line three. Go ahead, Norm. Your thoughts. Hi, Rita. Yeah, I thought you were going to pivot up to the border, but uh, anyway. Um, I, Norm, I like to keep you on your toes. That's why I did that. I was like, it's Norm. Right, Norm can handle toes. it. Norm, can, Norm's a tap okay. dancer. He can handle it. <laughs> okay. I uh, Look, I, I'm a registered conservative. I couldn't vote uh, today because my party didn't have a primary. Uh, I supported Andrew Giuliani because uh, I think he he matched up better against Hochul, but uh, now that Zeldin is the winner, uh, I am supporting Zeldin with every fiber of my body because we got to beat Hochul in November uh, or this uh, state's going to go down the toilet. Um, and by the way, um, yeah. Giuliani is such a great, great guy. Of course, I adore him. I adore his dad. Um, and he put on, I thought, a great, great campaign, too, as well. And, um, of course, Lee, you know, there was Rob Astorino was in the race, uh, a number of others. And Lee Zeldin, the current congressman, pulls it out. He got the party's endorsement. And you're right. It is going to be a wild and big race in November. Everybody stay tuned. We're going to have more, and I'll talk to you tomorrow. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.